Well, welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. It is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021, or better known in Democrat circles as impeach impeachment day because we can't stand President Trump. That's what Democrats think. Yes, folks, it's come to this yet again. Just one year ago, uh, Democrats impeached this president, and now they're back at it. They say he incited insurrection. But what's the real truth? We're going to give you the full story here. Of course, Democrats are salivating once again over the prospect of not only impeaching the president, but possibly convicting him in the Senate. Could any of that really happen? We're going to explore all of that. Uh, but first to the House floor, where Republicans and Democrats have been making their case all day against impeachment for and against it. I've served with Ronald Reagan, with George H.W. Bush, and George Bush. I had respect for all of those presidents. They cared about our country. They honored our Constitution. And they executed the duties of their office consistent with the Constitution and laws of our country. That is not true of this president. And therefore, he ought to be removed. And we have that opportunity to do so. Is there a little time left? Yes. But it is never too late to do the right thing. At his rally, President Trump urged attendees to quote unquote, peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. There was no mention of violence, let alone calls to action. Look, I was, I prosecuted terrorists in the Navy. I was a defense attorney in the Navy JAG Corps. I was a district judge. Just pull up the criminal statute. Look at the criminal code. President Trump's words would not even meet the definition of incitement under criminal statutes. The measure before us today sets a dangerous precedent whereby political parties can justify impeachment simply because they do not agree with the president. All right, let's bring in uh, Jason Miller now, a senior advisor to Donald Trump during the 2020 presidential campaign. Hey, Jason, thanks for being here. Really appreciate you. David, good afternoon. I wish it was under better circumstances, as we've seen the Democrats just can't control themselves and moving to impeach President Trump for a second time. You know, I thought <clears throat> my former boss, Daryl Issa, uh, who I worked for a couple of decades ago, really hit the nail on the head this afternoon when he said this impeachment is not about the horrific events of last week. It's about the Democratic hatred for President Trump over the last four years. Yeah. And I want to ask you about the president, first of all. Uh, if you've been speaking with him, how is he doing today during all of this impeachment drama? How is he handling it? What can, what can you tell us what the president's doing today? Yeah, I think President Trump is probably the single most attacked politician in the history of the United States, probably in the history uh, of the world, at least for folks who didn't literally get their heads chopped off. Uh, but it's, I mean, this is, it, it's so unhinged and so bitter coming from the Democrats. And I think it's really rich, some of the comments that we've seen from him today. I mean, going to Speaker Pelosi, uh, who famously said in 2017, a full five or six months after President Trump was elected, that the election of 2016 was hijacked. And we've been hearing uh, today from all sorts of members who literally contested the election results from 2016. Uh, but uh, David, uh, let's just go and just uh, strip this down here. We're one week, one week from the orderly, peaceful, 
transition of power here. And in fact, I'd also note that this afternoon, if folks haven't seen it, President Trump put out a very strongly worded statement urging folks to make sure that we have an orderly and peaceful transition. We will see if these big tech companies also allow the president to post this message to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And if they want to join with us in making sure we have a peaceful transition, or if this is all about blind partisan hatred of the president. Yeah, for sure. I want to get to big, big tech censorship in a moment. But Jason, I want to ask you about Liz Cheney and some of these Republicans. Call them whatever you want. Rhinos, squishy Republicans. They're off the reservation. What do you make of, I mean, the media is having a field day with Liz Cheney's comments. What's some of the reaction uh, from, from you and the campaign and, and the president? Well, don't just take it from me. Obviously, I have very strong opinions about that. You know, we've been in the field the last couple of days in the 17 battleground states, your states like Iowa and Ohio and North Carolina, Florida and such, the 17 really contested states. And we surveyed 800 likely voters. And what we found is for uh, Trump voters, 80 percent of Trump voters uh, will look to vote against or hold it against any member of Congress or Senate who votes for impeachment, 76% of all Republicans. So think about that for a moment. The 80% of Republicans will look to vote against or be less likely to support any Republican member or any, uh, actually any member who goes and does that. So I think for members like Liz Cheney, uh, whether it be that Adam Kinzinger, who probably get redistricted, he's just auditioning for CNN or MSNBC. Uh, but I, I think these folks have probably run for uh, their last successful term. I think that the voters, uh, when you have this level of anger from the voters, I, I wouldn't expect to see these folks back. I think Liz Cheney uh, could possibly be dumped from her leadership position, something that Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and others have called for. I hope that is the case. How someone like this could be our number three ranking Republican. But it, here's the deal. Somewhere down in the bowels, of the uh, of the capital deep state somewhere. Uh, Liz Cheney came together with the Koch organization and all the Wall Street money and said, okay, uh, we're going to have uh, deep state swamp monster powers unite. We're going to go and try to take down the president and institute uh, some kind of permanent war uh, supporter like a Liz Cheney. And I think that's just completely uh, opposite of where the grassroots roots are right now. Uh, Jason, Mitch McConnell has been, um, you know, pretty much supportive all the way through overall. Uh, but but here at the end, it, it, it's at least reports are suggesting that he, he may he may jump jump ship at this point. Uh, what is the what do you think about it over there? What does the president think about the Mitch McConnell reports? Well, I think the one thing, in addition to the fact that 80 percent of Trump supporters and 76 percent of all Republicans uh, will hold it against these members uh, the next time that they're on the ballot themselves, I would also point out that 70 percent of the people who voted for President Trump on November 3rd want him to run again. 63% of all Republicans want him to run again. And so if Mitch McConnell goes down this path and follows Liz Cheney, what they're gonna do is they're gonna destroy the grassroots base. They're gonna destroy small dollar fundraising. Uh, Mitch McConnell is not gonna be a majority leader again uh, if they go in and try to impeach President Trump on the Senate side, or if this were ever successful, this would literally destroy the Republican Party. It's terrible for the country at this critical time. And like President Trump said in his statement this afternoon, we need to come together as a country, have an orderly, 
peaceful transition. Stand with me to make sure that we do this. Very powerful message. Uh, hopefully, at some point here, it'll be up on Twitter and Facebook, and you can see it. Uh, otherwise, I'll go and retweet it from at Jason Miller in DC, as you can see it from my account as well. Well, speaking of that, the fact that you have to do it that way, and that Twitter has just gone off the rails, and Facebook and Instagram now, YouTube, whether you can't upload videos now for whatever it is, a week or so. Uh, what's the what's the message from the president from from the campaign uh, to big tech at this point? What, what's the danger here? What, what what's going on here? I, I can tell you this. Alan Dershowitz was on earlier this week, said this is making this is even worse than McCarthyism. That's what he told us. Oh, it really is. And in fact, from the same survey that we did, 74% of all Americans believe that if they'll go and do this to the president of the United States, if they'll go and cancel somebody, they'll come and do it to you too. They're not going to stop with President Trump. They're not going to stop with completely deplatforming Parler. And what they did to Parler was really egregious. They literally said, Amazon said, we're not even going to host you. It went way beyond Apple saying, we're not going to have your app on our phones or uh, the Samsung Galaxy or anything like that. They said, we're not even going to host you on our cloud service. But 70%, David, of all Americans think that these big tech companies need to be reined in. And look, whether that's Section 230, whether that's antitrust, uh, you name it, there are a whole host of different things here. I think big tech has a real reckoning in this country. It's not just from the right. It's from the left. Free speech is important. That's why it's the First Amendment. I have to ask you, there, there are obviously tens of millions of Trump supporters who are now going to be on some list, if you call it. You know, they're enablers, they're blacklisted, they're going to be looked at with a skeptical eye. You had an experience just recently showing up for a live shot. And you were, what, on a list of not to be let in or something? What, what happened there? Uh, yeah, it'd be funny if it wasn't so scary that this is where the country is heading. But uh, for scheduling reasons, we went to uh, we went to Live Shots, which is an independent studio. What folks might not realize is, say, for example, where you are, you're in the actual uh, your own studio where you guys use. But in a number of studios, folks come in and they'll go out to different networks. They might be doing a Fox show. They might be doing an MSNBC right. show or a CNN. And they go and pipe it around because with COVID, people don't actually go into uh, the respective network anymore. So I come in and I had an appearance on uh, one of the competitors, and I said, Jason Miller, I'm here for my 245 appearance. And they said, oh, uh, sorry, you can't use the studio anymore. I'm like, whoa, uh, it's empty, like all oh, four studios, empty. They said, well, health reasons, because of COVID. I'm like, uh-oh, like, should I even be in here? I mean, do I need like a bubble boy outfit? I mean, what's, what's going on? And like, no, 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 uh, my boss sent me a list and you were on the list. Uh, and well, you know, because of health reasons and COVID, you can't use a studio, I go timeout. I don't have COVID. Right. I haven't been around anyone with COVID. It hasn't been publicly reported that I've been around anyone with COVID. Why would you say that? And the person at the desk said, because of who you've been around, well, you know, the White House and stuff. Wow. So I looked and I said, I get it. I work for President Trump. You don't want me to use your studio. That's it. And she was in the mumble tank at that point. Yeah, I bet she was. Hey, 30 seconds or so, Jason. Uh, a lot of people want to have the president say, uh, have, take some responsibility for what happened uh, on January 6th. What, what's the view from the president at this point on that? 30 seconds or so. I think the view from the president, and he's been the strongest law and order candidate we've ever seen in our nation's history. I mean, heck, just in the month of July, we spent some $40 million uh, opposing the riots, opposing the violence. Every time the president has said, let's go and make our voice heard, it's always peacefully. There's no one who stops and spends more time with police officers, whether it be with Capitol Police, whether it be with marshals, whether it be with sheriffs. Uh, we are the law and order party. 
anybody who participated in any of those uh, horrific acts last week. They are not part of our campaign. They're not part of the mega movement. They're people who have some serious mental issues. That is not what we stand for. Yeah. We're the ones for law and order. Joe Biden and the Democrats, that's the lawlessness you saw from the summer. Jason Miller, great to see you, sir. Good luck to you. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, David. All right, Jason Miller with the Trump campaign. We are back in a moment with Rick Green, America's Constitution coach. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, impeachment day, wah, 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 uh, on uh, Capitol Hill and across this country. Hey, by the way, speaking of Capitol Hill, we want to show you some pictures uh, of, uh, wait till you get a load of this, military, this is the National Guard. The, the, the National Guard uh, is on Capitol Hill, and look at this. These are the National Guard sleeping overnight, resting for the big day today and the next four or five days. This is inside the United States Capitol. This is, this is America today. This is what it's come to. I mean, look at these pictures. The National Guard inside the United States Capitol between now and election, or excuse me, inauguration day. All right, let's, well, I just can't even comprehend all of that. Uh, let's bring in Rick Green, America's Constitution coach, back with us on the program. Rick, great to see you, sir. You as well. Those, uh, those images are, are somewhat frightening. I saw that in Texas last summer, David. We did the same thing in Texas. Uh, that's why we stopped the rioting here. If we had done that all over the country, we could have stopped this back in uh, May or June of last year. Well, for sure. You, you wonder where in the world that, that was on the front end. Hey, Rick, uh, impeachment today. Uh, give us your sense overall about, I mean, uh, it's going to be impeached. And so that's the end of that. Uh, but but it, it, it's just uh, just sounds crazy to me. When you have uh, guys like me agreeing with guys like Dershowitz and Cass Sustine and Jonathan Turley from Harvard uh, that this uh, this idea of a snap impeachment and, and rushing this through and doing this for, for something is absolutely not an impeachable offense. Uh, the president did nothing wrong. He told people to be peaceable and patriotic and to, and to cheer on their congressmen. <clears throat> they're using, they're weaponizing the Constitution in, in a way that is incredibly dangerous for our country further dividing us. I guess this is their idea of unity. Um, I think Mike Pence said exactly the right thing. We need to be lowering the temperature, not raising it. Uh, so first she tried uh, to get him to do the 25th. And, and of course, that's ridiculous. Now they're going for impeachment just to try to taint this man. I think what they're doing is they're causing constitutional conservatives around the country to get more engaged, not less. Mm. Yeah, it's, it seems like they've just kind of... Uh it's going to make it worse for Democrats, you would think, in the long run here. But uh, let's pull up the 14th Amendment, because this is what Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Take us through this a little bit, because this is part of what the, the Democrats cite in uh, their article uh, of impeachment. They, they get into this because it says no person shall be uh, senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature, uh, anyhow, the point is, is that if you engage in insurrection or rebellion, you see it at the end, uh, you're not allowed to continue in office. What, what do you make of what they're saying here? Well, the first point is we need to be advertising a speed reading course taught by David Brody, as you just saw. <laughs> it can't be done. 
you know, I mean, context, right? Let's let's put this in context. This was dealing with people who had been in office and literally taken up arms against the United States. Uh, are you know, literally had a civil war to compare uh, people giving speeches on the floor of the House or the Senate, simply asking for the Constitution to be followed or even the 1887 law to be followed. Uh, it is incredibly dangerous. Of course, truth seems to not matter right now. Truth seems to be dead. In America, you can say anything you want. They're calling us domestic terrorists just for gathering and waving flags um, and singing worship songs and and patriotic songs at this point. When I say they, I mean U.S. senators like Dick Durbin. Um, so it's 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 out of hand. It's an abuse of the Fourteenth Amendment. Um, I I don't think that's going to um, carry you know go near as far as the actual impeachment of the president looks like it may go forward. But it is uh, it is an abuse of the Fourteenth Amendment. Certainly not what it was intended for. None of these members of Congress participated at all in anything, even what happened on the Capitol, you could not label um, as an insurrection. If they were going back night after night and truly trying to take over the government, well, now you got an argument. Um, but but the, some rogue actions of a few crazies uh, to label an entire movement with that, um, they are literally labeling our speech as violence, while all year long they labeled their violence as speech. Uh, it's the height of hypocrisy. Well, and you know what's pathetic by the mainstream media, excuse me, the liberal media? Uh, if you read article after article, it talks about how Trump organized this march, that he called people to Washington. It wasn't, he didn't organize it. He came and spoke at the rally. It was already a Women for America First rally. It was a march that was already planned. And oh, by the way, the New York Times actually shows that the break-in or the rioting or the storming of the Capitol, whatever you want to call it, happened during his speech, as in, like, right. he was still speaking. So so how in the world, uh, the whole thing doesn't make sense, plus he said peacefully and patriotically, go there. H how do you incite someone for insurrection when he's telling people to go march peacefully? Someone explain well, this like to me. Well, like you, I've talked to a lot of people just like you that were on the ground at the rally, and, and it, was a, it was like a prayer rally. I mean, people were gathering around, holding hands, praying, worshiping. For most of the hundreds of thousands of people that went to Washington, D.C., that was the experience. It was a beautiful thing for them. For this smaller group that got out of hand once uh, uh, they went over to the Capitol, clearly they need to be prosecuted. I mean, as soon as you and I were on there together when this stuff started, and, right. and and we both thought whoever's doing this needs to go to jail, and nobody's disagreed with that on our side. In fact, everyone on our side has come out and, and spoken out against what happened, including the president. Um, we teach our people not to do this. The other side teaches their people to do this. If we're going to impeach anybody, it ought to be Kamala Harris for saying that the rioting should continue and they should not stop. That was her instruction to their folks last summer. Same with Cory Booker and others. Um, so, yeah, truth's dead. Hypocrisy yeah. is ignored by the other side. We have to keep speaking that truth, though, because that's really what we're in now is, is a propaganda war, if you will. It's a, it's a war of ideas and a war of words. So just so I understand, the whole end game for Democrats here, the only reason they would want to convict him uh, after he's left office is so he can't run again, right? I mean, that's the whole idea of the 14th. Yeah, great, great question. Absolutely, Dave. Let, let, just real quick, uh, impeachment happens on the House with a majority vote. That's nothing more than an indictment. Goes over to the Senate to have a trial, which it sounds like they may not even follow that part and have an actual trial. Guilt has to be a two-thirds vote, so 67. They're going to have to have 17 Republicans vote with them. And then they have to take the third step of actually, quote, quote disqualifying him uh, from future office. And, and so this is, if they go that far, um, all they're going to do is, is create a monster. I mean, he will be a beast in the Republican primaries. He will, his movement will grow. They're, they're separating us as Americans, but they're emboldening those that want to fight for the Constitution. We're Peaceably, we have to say that a million times now, 
Yeah. Uh, but this is a huge mistake, political miscalculation on their part. Rick, 20 seconds, just so I understand. So if they convict him, let's just say they convict him for some reason, does that trigger the fact that he can't run again or they have to still go a step further, you're saying? They have to take that that next step. Uh, that, that has only happened three times. Uh, we've had other impeachment convictions where they did not bar them for office, like Alcee Hastings was um, impeached uh, from being a federal judge, then ran for Congress and became a member of Congress after Got that because they didn't take that extra step. Rick Green, uh, I always learn something. i uh, tell you what, thank you so much for coming on all every single time. Thanks, David. All right, Rick Green. Uh, by the way, and I don't want to insult our other guests, but that might be the best Skype shot that we've got going. Uh, uh, it is the best. Uh, Parker saying it is the best. Uh, anyhow, we'll, we'll talk about it in the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, You know, obviously impeachment, the big story today. But there is a big story that's just been going on now. Uh, Well, it's been going on for a while. But honestly, the last few days have been out of control. Uh, Conservatives, uh, pastors, others being uh, deplatformed. It's not just about losing followers, being silenced in this country. We're going to talk about that with our guest Sammy Rodriguez in a moment, but I want to play a little bit of uh, Pastor Sammy Rodriguez uh, this past weekend uh, talking about cancel culture uh, at his church. Have a look. Talking about the cancel culture, I'm going to cancel every lie of the devil in the name of Jesus. I'm going to cancel every work of the enemy through the work of Christ. I'm going to do it through my pursuit of righteousness instead of riot, revival. 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 Instead of lockdowns, open heavens. Instead of strife, unity. Instead of hatred, love. Instead of relativism, truth. Instead of destroying property, building altars instead of confrontation conversations instead of political affiliation prophetic designation and instead of storming the capital storming the gates of hell mm. you know that's the alq mm. amen to that and a woman all right just amen uh, let's bring in uh, Sammy Rodriguez, a National uh, Hispanic Leadership Conference president. Uh, Sammy, uh, boy, you're, you're fired up there. You're the, you're the author of uh, the book Survive uh, to Thrive. And Sammy, it's great to have you back on the show. David, great to be with you. And please, no more coffee for me after watching <laughs> that clip. Okay. No more coffee. Well, all right. Now, that's a good transition. Maybe no more coffee. And what's going on with potentially no more followers from some of these social media? I mean, what, what what's big oh, tech is doing? Yeah. You, listen, you go off because you've got a few things to say is my guess. Yeah, look, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Lamb's Agenda guy. You know that well. You know me for years. I was there for George W. Bush. I advised President Obama on a number of issues um, and, and President Trump. So I'm an independent. I am a Christian. I am a Christian, 100% pro-life, pro-religious liberty, biblical justice, and no to socialism. That's my platform, and I'm sticking to it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, well uh, big tech companies even coming after me. Uh, 
all of a sudden I wake up one morning and I have, you know, 800, 900 less followers than I had previously. And why is big tech punishing a Latino? Is big tech racist? The next question on the water cooler with David Brody. Huh. Uh, they're coming after a Latino. They're coming after Hispanic American. So is big tech racist? I don't know. Um, it's, I, I tell you, I'll tell you what it is. It's the ideological inquisition. Hmm. The inquisition. I, it reminds me of Mel Brooks, right? Uh, Brief history of the world, part one. The inquisition, what a show. This is it right here, my friend. <laughs> we just we just stepped into it. It's funny, but it's not. Like it's funny, yeah. but it's tragic, right? It's both and, and they're getting away with it. They're getting away with it. There are antitrust laws that are in place that should automatically kick in and they are not kicking in. What we need now is a profile of courage. We need members in Congress, both Democrats and Republicans to stand up. Uh, so far on the other side, I see, I've seen Tulsi Gabbard as a, as a lone voice crying out of the wilderness right now, defending our freedom of speech. David, these are scary times. Yeah. This is Orwellian. It's 1984. I'm not kidding. It's not hype. Uh, it, it, now, those that are saying they're only coming after people that had any connection with President Trump. Oh, really? You're next. Let's learn from history. You are next. So it behooves all of us to build a firewall against not just secular totalitarianism, but this ideological inquisition currently taking place in America. Sammy, what's what's the answer from a spiritual perspective? What's the answer from a from a practical perspective of what people can do here uh, to, to fight back? From a spiritual perspective, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that big tech can do to stop the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ preceded big tech and it will be around after big tech. You can't stop the vicarious atoning work of Christ. The crucifixion and the resurrection, my friend, are eternal. It's a finished work on the cross. Can't be stopped. So let not your heart be troubled. Let's continue to preach the gospel. If they stop us from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, whatever it may be, live out your testimony. Let your testimony become a living billboard of the grace and mercy and love of Jesus. With that being said, on a horizontal plane, we can do a lot. We can do a lot. We can stand up and we can vote for individuals who will protect our constitutional God-given rights. We, we have the right, we have the right to peacefully, and I say peacefully, in Jesus' name, in the spirit of Psalm 89, 14, with righteousness and justice, truth and love, we can peacefully protest. We have that right as Americans. So let's do that. Let's come together. Let's come together and build a firewall against this unbelievable, unprecedented encroachment and silencing of our God-given rights. We can do it, yeah. but it requires all of us coming together. Sammy, this is obviously, uh, I guess, impeachment day. You know, it's like Groundhog Day in a way because we were here about a year ago. Uh, what, what is your message as it relates to what's happening to President Trump? I mean, it, it's a tough way to go out, obviously. Uh, but, but what is your message about what the Democrats are doing here on impeachment and as it relates to unity and, and also about what happened at the Capitol last week? I've got about a minute or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what happened at the Capitol last week was egregious. It was wrong. Uh, there is no such thing as a righteous riot. It's completely wrong. It's antithetical to being in favor of law and order and right. in favor of those that are, you know, protecting our rights. With that being said, it's this entire impeachment debacle is counterintuitive to the message of President-elect Biden of making us one. If you really want to make us one, 
This is what we do. We, we, we go beyond what just took place. We address what has to be addressed. We persecute and prosecute those that were responsible, and we move forward. That's what we do, and we move forward as one nation under God. That should be the objective of the incoming administration. Yeah. Sammy Rodriguez, it's always great to see you, sir. I tell you what, uh, you preach up a storm. I, I tell you what, I'm ready to, it's like you've got, uh, the, the Holy Spirit's giving you drop mic moments out there on stage. No, man, it's, it's, it's the work of the Lord. And again, uh, I, we're, we're, you and I are alive for such a time as this. And there's a reason for that. Let's continue to be light in the midst of darkness, my friend. All right. Sammy Rodriguez there. I appreciate it. The president of the National Hispanic Leadership Conference. Always great to have Sammy on the show. By the way, uh, he said the inaugural prayer, one of the inaugural prayers at uh, President Trump's uh, inaugural four years ago. Boy, doesn't that feel like a lifetime away at this point? Uh, I don't know about you, but I've had about nine Calgon baths. I know I'm dating myself. Look it up. If you're under 40, honestly, if you're under 30, look up Calgon bath and you'll know what I'm saying. It's been that type of roller coaster ride. Back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, impeachment day here in Washington, D.C. And yes, across the nation, we were just here one year ago doing impeachment number one. And now we're doing impeachment number two. It's like Groundhog Day. Uh, unbelievable. Let's uh, bring in Daniel Lippman, uh, White House reporter uh, and Washington reporter for Politico. Daniel, great to see you, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, what do you make of everything transpiring today? Uh, just just I mean, kind of give us some context in terms of you. I mean, you've been covering this for a while. Not when I say this, just everything in Washington. I mean, what we're seeing today is just pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, this is what happens when a bunch of the president's supporters attack Congress physically and people die in the process. And so it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. You can debate whether he uh, incited it or instigated it or thought that it was a possibility. He must have assumed, like everyone else, that the Capitol Police would have a handle on the security situation at the Capitol. But the Republicans are abandoning him in droves and they, they want to get rid of him. Well, you know, it's interesting, Daniel, because uh, in, in just the news today, John Solomon had an interesting article up uh, about uh, some of what happened there uh, at the Capitol. And, and part of it has to do with if you look at what the New York Times um, actually did in terms of their videos. Here's the article, by the way, Daniel. It said rush to judgment with a question mark. The three crucial questions remain unanswered about capital siege. And, and here's one of the unanswered questions. How could Trump incite an attack that had already been pre-planned and was in motion before his speech ended? And he points to the fact that the, the New York Times shows videos of people going into the Capitol and, and rioting, all the violent punk thugs, be, even before President Trump's speech was even over. I mean, th this seemed, and there, there's intelligence to believe that this was already pre-planned. So this idea that, that President Trump was, you know, this narrative of uh, go down to the uh, Capitol, march, storm the Capitol, and then, uh, you know, go crazy. I mean, it's, it's, that narrative is just not true necessarily. I mean, he, did he fan the flames? Of course. No one's saying he didn't. You know, that's a that's a good point. He said go to the Capitol. He didn't say go inside. I don't think in his um, in his wildest imagination or even dreams would he imagine that 
they would actually uh, do something like that. There was a lot of peaceful protesters there. There was, you know, hundreds of people who got caught up in the moment or uh, wanted to do harm. If you're bringing a bunch of arrest ties and you're saying and you're yelling, hang Mike Pence, uh, that's an indication that you're not on the peaceful side. Uh, but there were even young couples in their 20s who were just kind of being tourists, taking selfies in the Capitol who wouldn't uh, do harm to anyone. But you make a good point that uh, this is something that might have happened regardless of what Trump had said. Yeah. Daniel, let's talk a little bit about Mike Pence. So you had something up on your Twitter feed today talking about how a former, uh, it was a White House official, former White House official, say Pence even actually in a stronger position for 2024, potentially uh, after January 6th. Can you explain a little bit of that, that thinking? And then the thinking is that he, uh, you know, has been loyal to Trump for the last four years. And so the base of the party, the, the non-crazy base par uh, part of the party, uh, <laughs> respects and appreciates uh, him for all the work he's done for the president and for uh, being a, a foot soldier for him, not criticizing him. Um, and he can also say, well, I also stood up for the Constitution. Uh, I did my job uh, last Thursday morning in uh, certifying Joe Biden as the president-elect. Um, yeah. You know, I, my hands were tied. And so there's a way for him to needle the uh, that threat. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I want to play a little bit of what was going on in the House floor today regarding impeachment. Jim Jordan uh, made some remarks, and I want to play some of this as it relates to the Democrats and the double standard. Have a listen. Americans are tired of the double standard. They are so tired of it. Democrats object to more states in 2017 than Republicans did last week, but somehow we're wrong. Democrats can raise bail for rioters and looters this summer, but somehow when Republicans condemn all the violence, the violence this summer, the violence last week, somehow we're wrong. And Democrats can investigate the President of the United States, as Mr. Hoyer went through, try to impeach him, investigate him for four years, but will not look at an election that 80 million Americans, half the electorate, 80 million Republicans and Democrats have their doubts about. I, I, I said this last night, I do not know where all this goes. And this is frightening for the country. What do you think, Daniel? I do not know where this goes. I am wondering politically, at least, where this goes at this point. I don't think anybody really knows as it relates to Republicans or how this might hurt Democrats, potentially. Yeah, there's always a potential problem for both Democrats and Republicans that, that, is that they overplay their hand, and so that they go too far. Uh, and so that's something that Democrats are concerned about privately, that they could be opening themselves up if uh, to you know, losing in 2022 uh, further by making this type of move doesn't exactly bring the country together. Uh, it's more about punishing Trump uh, and enacting revenge against him. But they are their base will not let them let Trump get away with this. And so they are kind of caught in that hard spot as well. Uh, but they also feel like once Trump is convicted in the Senate, can't, he can't run for office again. They can just move on and focus on the Biden agenda and that in a few months, people will be for, will forget all about this. Daniel, what is your sense real quick as we wrap up here? Do you have any sense that uh, he could be potentially even convicted in the Senate after he leaves office? I mean, Mitch McConnell seems like he's off the reservation, the Trump reservations, and that feels like a floodgate situation at that point. Yeah, he's McConnell is going to give cover to any Republican in the Senate that wants to support that impeachment. And so. 
that is, uh, I think the New York Times did account that there are 20 Republican senators who are open to impeaching Trump. And so they only need 17. Uh, and so it seems like without one word said in the Senate about this, that Trump has already lost. Well, so then the question becomes, are we in the Richard Nixon space? Are we in the march up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and have McCarthy and folks say, Mr. President, it's it's time or you, you can face this disgrace? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if we're there, but it feels like we're close. It's probably more of a disgrace to resign than just get convicted and leave right. office before your term. So that's, I think, why Trump will stay until the end. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, you know, quitting's for losers, as you would say, right? Yeah, no, I got it. All right, Daniel Lipman, uh, White House reporter for Politico and for Washington, all, all, all of Washington. I really appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, good insight from Daniel Lipman. You got to read him uh, over on Politico. And of course, uh, we've got a lot of news at justthenews.com with uh, our senior correspondent, Nick Ballacy, uh, Daniel uh, Payne as well. They're on the show all the time. And Sophie Mann, who we call Sophie News. You can check it all out at justthenews.com. Uh, we are, can I say the word truth in action? I think I can do that. You know what the action is? Here's the action, the truth, as in we write, that's the action, about truth, truth in action. Hey, I'm smart. Back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, some new developments as we continue to get word. It looks like Ivanka Trump will not, N-O-T, put it in all caps, 18 font, will not attend uh, Joe Biden's inauguration next week, FYI. We're also getting word that the president of the United States, that's right, liberals, FYI, Donald Trump is still president of the United States. Uh, anyhow, he'll be uh, addressing the nation somehow, some way, uh, on video, we understand later today, and of course, let's be honest, and I don't know if I can say this word out loud, but I'll say it because it is the water cooler after all. Uh, big tech is totally, I'm going to, here it comes, big tech has totally castrated him uh, uh, on Twitter and, and in other places. And so, therefore, you know, if you're going to try to get uh, uh, any word from Donald Trump on Twitter, good luck. It's just not there. All right, uh, let's read some of these articles, uh, or I say articles, it's one, it's one article. Uh, of impeachment. And this is exactly uh, what, here, let me try to get that. I can barely read it. There it is. Thank you, Parker. Donald John Trump uh, engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors by inciting violence against the government of the United States. This is what they voted on today. It goes on to say he also willfully made statements that in context encouraged and foreseeably resulted in lawless, lawless action uh, at the Capitol, such as if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And they go on to say uh, this. He also, in all of this, President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States and in the institutions of government. He threatened the integrity of the democratic system, interfered with the peaceful transition of power, and imperiled a co-equal branch of government. He therefore, there, excuse me, he thereby betrayed his trust as president to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. Here is Jim Jordan on the House floor today. Americans are tired of the double standard. They are so tired of it. Democrats object to more states in 2017 than Republicans did last week, but somehow we're wrong. 
Democrats can raise bail for rioters and looters this summer, but somehow when Republicans condemn all the violence, the violence this summer, the violence last week, somehow we're wrong. And Democrats can investigate the President of the United States, as Mr. Hoyer went through, try to impeach him, investigate him for four years, but will not look at an election that 80 million Americans, half the electorate, 80 million Republicans and Democrats have their doubts about. I, I, I said this last night, I do not know where all this goes. And this is frightening for the country. And you know what else is frightening for the country? A rush impeachment, which is exactly what Democrats did today, 232-197. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, uh, everybody. Busy day. Let's bring in Joe Weber, uh, news editor over at JustTheNews.com. Uh, Joe, take a Calgon bath after today. Uh, t tell, me a, <laughs> tell me a little bit about what, what's going on over there, uh, what stories you're going to be working on as it relates to everything uh, regarding we impeachment. A um, little bit of late-breaking news. Um, as you know, the House has voted to... Um, impeach President Trump in the Democrat-controlled House. The vote was 223 to 197, as you know. We have a couple interesting things. That, the most interesting story is earlier in the day, we had about five House Republicans who said they were going to vote against it, and there was speculation as many as 20 to 25 would. That didn't happen. Republican conference held its ground, uh, total about 10. Some of the names that we were familiar with, Adam Kinziger, Fred Upton, um, Liz Cheney, the number third ranking member of the House Republican conference. She was censored earlier in the day by um, the Freedom Caucus leader. Biggs uh, wanted her to even to resign. Um, you take a look at some of the other politics. Kevin McCarthy, who is the House leader, Republican House leader, he didn't whip the votes and he just said, let people vote how they want to vote. And he was going to let this happen. Now, he's still, you know, very pro Trump, but nevertheless, he was not going to try to interfere with this. And you can kind of see how him and versus Liz Cheney are kind of playing the political winds here to see, you know, what their future is and how they're going to vote and which way that's going to impact, you know, their political future. Hey, Joe, any sense at all about whether or not there could be 17 senators uh, at some point to possibly convict this president? I mean, I guess time will tell on this and we'll have to see. I don't, from what I'm hearing, I don't think so. It doesn't appear as it would be a very long haul to get that done. Um, what we do know, what's interesting, uh, last night, all this reporting about how Mitch McConnell was so upset with the president that he was, you know, likely going to vote against uh, or vote to convict him for impeachment. But then earlier in the day, he said that, you know, we're not going to hold this vote before January 20. So uh, that would be really contradictory to a lot of that reporting that was uh, reported largely in the first New York Times that he was against Trump because he clearly wouldn't do if he were against him. He would certainly hold that vote while he still had the majority. Well, Joe, Joe Weber, thanks so much. Busy day. And once again, justthenews.com. That's where everybody can go. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. So listen, uh, you know, here's our graphic. Can you see that? Madison, can they see that? Can, can, can we see? All right. So it's 232. Yay. Not really. Yay. For many conservatives. And 197. Nay. And uh, Donald Trump. Oh, by the way, you can't see this, but I was going to write 10 GOP. 10 GOP. That, that's the number who uh, went against the president today. Yeah.